0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Totally Uncalled For. I'm your boy, Jack, and I'm here with my co-host, Dinger. Yo. Yo, yo, and we got a nice new episode for you guys tonight. All right, last week, we talked about the college football playoff committee and some of the bias in the selection process and the rankings, how UCF gets left out in the cold. Talked a little bit about the uh, World Series champion, Red Sox. But all that's in the past because we got some new topics coming for you this week. Uh, first up, NFL. We had a couple shakeups, Stinger. I know this is your, your specialty. What happened with the Rams? They
1: finally lost? So, so my, my take on this was I was actually predicting the Rams to lose the game to begin with. I, I thought it would be a little bit closer. But if you just look at it from this perspective – Drew Brees is near unstoppable in a, inside of a dome, especially at home. And I think that was probably the the biggest factor in the entire game. The offense didn't look to be clicking 100% correct. And with an improved run defense, Gurley wasn't doing normal Todd Gurley things that he's been doing in the past. Um, I do think that the Saints team is beatable, and I do think that the Rams team was beatable, as evidenced by what happened uh, the day before. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Saints just signed Des Bryant, although I'm not sure if he's going to make as much of an impact as everybody really thinks. Obviously, Drew Brees, Des Bryant's going to help. But we just need to keep in mind, he's been out of football for a long time. And at a position like receiver and with a quarterback like Drew Brees, who really wants to trust his receiver, make sure he's running the correct routes each and every time, his route tree is going to be somewhat limited to begin with. Um, But – yeah, I, I do think now the Saints are probably the team to beat, I, unless you're going to go with the Patriots because I mean the Patriots are always the team to beat. But I mean, yeah, it, it was a good game and it sort of lived up to the hype.
0: Definitely lived up to the hype. That game was high-scoring, high-octane game. It looked a little bit like a uh, a Mac game, uh, a week week weeknight Mac game. It was a uh, very high-scoring. Um, Drew Brees went off, like you said. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, back a few months ago, Dinger, but during our fantasy draft when Morph and I selected Drew Brees, you said that was a reach and an erroneous draft choice. Do you
1: recall that? I do. And there was quarterbacks that are hovering right around his same fantasy output that were taken actually a few rounds back. You could have gotten Patrick Mahomes. At that position. You could have got Patrick Mahomes at 120. Anywho,
0: we're not going to talk about who I could have, should have, would have gotten. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, What's it called? But uh, yeah, the Saints looked great. And Todd Gurley, he didn't have uh, as good a game as he always had. Uh, This game just went and showed everyone that the Saints are for real. And look what they did afterwards. They won the game. They went out and they got Dez, like you said. And I've been just waiting all season long for Des to get scooped up eventually. We all knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Did not expect it to be the Saints. Um, the Saints don't really uh tolerate any antics or uh, like you noted
1: that Yeah, they only to- they only tolerate illegal bounties on great players and ruining the sanctity and integrity of the game. <laughs> well, that's
0: for another talk. I mean, I don't I don't know so much about the uh <clears throat> Bounty Gate scandal. I know that they did it. Uh, have to uh, deal with some sanctions of some sorts. Um, but the game was great. Uh, you did mention the Patriots, actually. And I would definitely say that they are my front runners coming out of the uh, AFC, actually.
1: But uh, the Chiefs are not far behind, Ding. What do you say? Um, I think in that it just comes down to who gets home field advantage. So if the Patriots are able to gain one game, because remember they have the tiebreaker against the Kansas city chiefs. So if they both are 13 and three, 14 and two, 12 and four, the tiebreaker will go to the new England Patriots. And I think it just comes to, if it's in Foxborough arrowhead, I I really think these teams are very evenly matched. And I think the sound will give the sound of arrowhead being one of, if not the loudest, it's probably between that and Seattle, the way they're designed and, just the way they, the fans are involved in the game uh, in, in that environment. I feel like he'll struggle just from the sheer sound and Tom Brady is known for his adjustments that he makes at the line of scrimmage and in, in a super loud environment. And with uh, the chiefs getting a player black, like Justin Houston, or I think it's Justin Houston, the defensive end and D Ford having his best year to date. I think that would cause trouble for Tom Brady. Um yeah, that would
0: definitely be an insane series if they were to match up coming out of the AFC. Um, but Tom Brady is seasoned; he goes on the road and he gets it done late in, in the playoffs. Um, but Mahomes is inexperienced in playoff talk.
1: Yeah, I, I think the bigger question in all of this is, is anybody going to be able to unseed the big four? So the Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Patriots, are those going to be the NFC champions and the AFC champions? I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure that that's what it's going to be, but, I mean, it's looking like it right now. I mean, Minnesota is a, definitely a team to look out for. Definitely. But they both played the Saints and the Rams and lost to both of them. Both were close games. Both were very winnable games, and they just didn't pull it out. It's going to be good to see how they do at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. It's also good to watch teams like the Panthers. The, the Chargers. Panthers, the Pan- yeah, the Chargers as well, but the Panthers are a unique team because – they have something that all of these top teams really don't, and that's a very viable running quarterback in Cam mm-hmm. Newton. He's mm-hmm. good in short distance, short yardage, and they're actually probably one of the few teams. I mean, I, I know the Patriots can run the ball too, but they're a team that's designed solely to run the ball, mm-hmm. and that's how their offense is predicated. And it, it'll, be, it'll be good to see how it's going to turn out in, in the future because Definitely. obviously um, the Patriots can run any type of scheme at any type, time they could run the ball they could be a run heavy team they could be a team that plays fast pace throw the ball get out quick 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 and they could just slow it down and just turn out a three minute drive to end the game like they did against the Chiefs mm-hmm. speaking of so, the
0: Patriots thing while, while we're on this topic how you're talking about their schemes what do you think about this new scheme that uh Bill Belichick drew of bringing Cordell Patterson into the backfield and taking snaps as a running back
1: I mean we all know the running back depth is thin for the Patriots right now. That Kenyon Barner got hurt in that game. James White has been the only consistent healthy mm-hmm. running back. And the the Patriots have been doing good in a power run scheme and Cordell Patterson at six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, or close to it, running a four four is is a mauler. I mean, just see what he does on kick returns, breaking tackles. Going, juking people out left to right. I, suffice to say, I think he's probably one of the most explosive players in the league, barring uh, Tyreek Hill. But he can do things that Tyreek can't help. He can run through the tackles, and yeah. he's shown it before. He's he's a big guy. He's a physical guy. He's a strong guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked what they did with him. He's an exciting player with the ball in his hands, and I really like what they were able to do. I do too. I, I really think that uh, Bill Belichick is just the king of schemes, and. Um, I really like what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, He's the king of schemes, whether it's deflating footballs or <laughs> spying on the Jets or creating the best offensive plan. week yeah. in week out, defensive scheme, taking away your best player. He's just a schemer at heart. And anybody who doesn't love him, I don't know if we can be yeah. fair.
0: <laughs> but what I was saying was I if you notice on a lot of the, hand, the running plays that they do to him, they're not necessarily handing off Tom Brady's taking one step back, and he's doing a toss straight back. Like a, like a downhill pitch, yeah. Yes, yeah, so he gets
1: it with a, with a head of steam running into it, basically. So and do you know why I think that might be it, might be a thing? Because Tom Brady and him aren't used to handing the ball off continuously, also, and mm-hmm. I think they might think that's a safer route because obviously, like, catching a pitch has a lot less to do with – I mean, Cordell Patterson's caught pitches before. He runs a bunch of end arounds. <laughs> swaying passes, he et cetera. Catches punts, you know? Punts, yeah. So, but the handoff is a tricky thing. So, definitely. And I think it gives him more
0: time to adjust. I think he gives him more time to see the line and get and find the hole as like
1: receivers, like, you know, when they're yeah, running Yeah, he, the he gets that downfield speed instead of mm-hmm. hesitating to hand the ball off. So, yeah. It, it's it, a totally
0: new dimension to their offense that I think they might have added. But with Sonny Michelle think, coming back, what? What volume is he going to get, really? Yeah,
1: probably not that much. Sony Michelle is a special player. Just the way, though, every time he gets hit, he sort of has that Kamara factor. And we saw it before with players like Shady McCoy back in the day. And yes. LaDaniel and Tomlinson. Just the ability to always bounce it off of a big hit. Sean Alexander. Make, make it. See, you know, Sean Alexander was a bruiser. He was so big and strong, he'd go right at you and just run through you. The players like. Kamara are small and, and they are strong, but they just find their way to twist their body, just maybe just a tiny bit to the right at the last second, to where they're only getting hit on side of their body, and they just bump forward like a pinball. If you ever if you ever watch that, he has that subtle movement where he just doesn't take big hits. Other players in the league have it like Dalvin Cook. They just they just fall forward. And and then you have your big guys, like, LeGarrette Blount's just running through you. He's not trying to avoid you at the last second to to just get it, like, to get through. Like, Mark Ingram doesn't have that ability. Adrian Peterson doesn't really have that ability. They're just – Adrian Peterson's just a freak athlete who's going to run through you. You don't want to hit him straight on. But he, he has that Kamara thing where he just – not the quickest. I mean, not the fastest, not – the strongest, but he just has that ability to just squiggle in, find the hole, and not take the big hit. Yeah, yeah. I see a little bit of that in James Conner as well. It's, it's something that doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but it's something that with people who played football or have been watching football for a while can just somehow seem like, why can't we bring Kamara down? Like, he's down two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and when we're, we're making first contact, and he's just spinning away and stretching forward to, for that gain of one. It's it's mm. something that Sony Michelle has as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, and honestly, the only team that
1: I see in the AFC that
0: matches up well with the mighty Patriots, KFC KFC Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> but um, another king of schemes coming out of uh, Kansas City with A- Andy Reid. What do you what do you think about their chances
1: if they were to match up? So my thing with Andy Reid is. He's never been able to do it in the playoffs. I mean, he had that one year with Donovan McNabb, or they were able to get to the they were able to get to the playoffs, but they went through, I believe, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Dante Culpepper led Minnesota Vikings on route to the Super Bowl, and they put up some points. But it, it, I feel like Andy Reid is great off of bye weeks and when he has a bunch of time to prepare. So I do think when they get that first run by, which it looks like they're going to get, they're going to come out and they're going to win that game. But I just don't know how, how he's been able to do in the playoff with that track record, what they're going to be able to do against the Patriots, especially with an unproven, not unproven, but a new young buck to the playoffs. And Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's shown he's good in the lights, but is he going to be able to do it against Tom Brady when it really matters? And that's what I don't know. And it's just become old just every year. Saying the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, the Patriots right. going to the Super Bowl, but the Steelers have never been able to beat them. The only the only person who really I feel like is able to beat them is was Peyton Manning and in, in a great defense. And I don't really see any great defenses in or any great defensive minds that are going to be able to stop Tom Brady. So I, I think it's going to just come down like we're we're going to outshoot you, we're going to outshoot out you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just don't know if. I see many teams being able to do that. Definitely. So, so I it, it, I know it's the same old story. At the beginning of the year, I had, I had sleeper teams like the Chargers. They were my sleeper Super Bowl pick. And after the first two weeks, it wasn't looking so good. But they slowly rattled off a bunch of wins against a bunch of not really good teams up until they just played the uh, Seahawks. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to do it against the Patriots. And the, the Patriots are just – they're just they're just looking like a tune a fine-tuned oil machine. And so. don't they
0: always, you know? Don't they always? It takes a lot to take down uh some of the best. And you know, speaking of the best, um some might even say the GOAT. Uh the conversation was brought up this week actually about um Tom Brady. It's Aaron Rodgers,
1: It's, it's who's the GOAT? Let me just interrupt you. It's the typical ESPN sucking Aaron Rodgers, making excuses, piece of shit people that just put this into the head to create some views and group, generate some buzz and leave Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless. I guess he's not even free as anymore. But just give those guys some time to talk. I know Colin Coward was talking about it. I know uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about, was it. Talking about it. Everybody's Michael Jordan it. Now, was talking about And it. now we're going to talk about it. So, yeah, this I mean, is, we have to. This is, this is sort of how I feel. Obviously, Tom Brady's a fucking good. I mean, if you, a, without, if you look at everything from a without – if you look at everything from every perspective but a pure talent perspective, Tom Brady is better than Aaron Rodgers in every single facet of the game. And I think it's just an old lo- story at this point, just everybody making suits for Aaron Rodgers. It's the wide receiver's fault. He doesn't have a defense. Mike McCarthy can't do anything. Just – I just watch Aaron Rodgers and I just look at his body language of him on the bench. You see Tom Brady walking up to coaches like, hey, I I saw this. Like, what do you think about this? What are we going to do here? Talking to the receivers like, hey, like, when when I'm going like this, I want you to come back to me, find some open space. And I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers has any intangible abilities as a quarterback. At all. I, to me, I think Aaron Rodgers is in the bottom half of the NFL when it comes to intangible, intangibles of quarterback position. He always gets hurt. It doesn't look like he's always throwing his teammates under the bus. When you're the quarterback, it's always your fault. Always your fault. Even if it's not, it's your fucking fault. Like that, that's how leaders are. You see you see players like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, even when they're putting up 45 points, they're taking the blame, saying I could have done better. And that's what I expect out of a quarterback and out of a leader. And I just never see that, Evan Rogers. It's never his fault. He's always complaining. He's always making excuses. That's, that's not what an NFL quarterback is. Not at all. Definitely. Like, he, I, he's, I really... he's not a great leader. He's a shitty teammate. He's a terrible person to his family. He's always talking badly about the coaches. That's not somebody I want in my locker room. He, yes, he makes up for it for having quite possibly the greatest arm. In probably the history of the NFL, his ability to create outside of the pocket is bar none. But his ability to not get along with players and pre-snap, he's good. But he's not as great as people like Tom Brady, um, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, other quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers. No, even even quarterbacks like Dak are better than him. Dak is actually a very good quarterback pre-snap. He just is probably one of the worst in the NFL in his accuracy and his ability to get rid of the ball in a timely manner, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just getting old at this point. Tom Brady's a goat. He has five fucking Super Bowls. H- how many does Aaron Rodgers have? One, when he one. just basically handed the keys to a franchise that was already loaded with talent, Donald Driver. they He didn't have Devontae Adams there. He had John, Jordy Nelson. Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. With one leg, put a team on the back. Um, <laughs> well, dinger, dinger. I know you are
0: a vikings fans so you're you might be a little biased i'm not biased look at it this way
1: aaron Rodgers has sent more receivers to the pro bowl during his tenure more more offensive lining to the to the pro bowl under his under his leadership it's it's getting old aaron Rodgers has the pieces in place he has a better o-line he has better receivers than the patriots the patriots didn't have anybody until they went inside gordon and Gordon is just now learning to not smoke the fucking weed. He needs to lay off the weed. <laughs> yeah,
0: but- I, th- I, think, I think you made your point, though. I, uh, like, I do agree. Aaron Rodgers, he may lack the intangibles that Tom Brady definitely a- excels in. Like Tom Brady is a much better leader, I would say, from my point of view. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here because you do have a little bit of a biased opinion. I'm, let me get, let me get this all. through. Not at all. I have the factual opinion. You do. You make great points. And you make excellent points. But however, with your Vikings fandom, you are a bit biased. However, so devil's advocate here. Is Tom Brady possibly a product <laughs> of the Bill Belichick system? I mean, look, let's look at the... He's a product of the
1: Tom Brady system.
0: All right, yes, TV-12 life or no life, I hear you. Listen, Aaron Rodgers on the field, he makes some of the most exciting, crazy, most unbelievable plays that you'll ever see and you have ever seen in in your life of watching football. He has made more of those last-second Hail Mary touchdown passes than you'll ever see any other quarterback make. He is just the one that... If honestly, if it's a five seconds left in the game, down by one score, and I had to choose which quarterback I wanted to put in
1: the game, I think I'm putting Aaron Rodgers in there. Okay, so if, can you tell listen, me? Can we? Wait, no, 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 no. Can you tell me off the top of your head how many fourth quarter comebacks does Aaron Rodgers have against teams with a winning record in the history of his career? Just can you t- name off the top of your head? I mean, dude,
0: that's he a has very zero.
1: Set. He has zero. He has zero comfort behind wins in the fourth quarter against winning teams. He can only do it against shitty fucking teams. Aaron Rodgers has less comfort behind wins than he has less fourth quarter comfort behind wins than Andy Dalton, less than Jay Cutler. He has less than Kirk Cousins. He the media has spewed it to where Aaron Rodgers is a magician. Aaron Rodgers has all these crazy fourth quarter comebacks. He it's his his legacy in the fourth quarter is defined by two plays. His Hail Mary passes against the Lions, and then another one against a team I don't know. Yes, those are great, amazing throws. But they're lucky. That's what everybody knows about Aaron Rodgers. He had, he had one against the Cowboys, but he blew a lead against the Cowboys. He was up by 14, 17 points in the fourth quarter, and he couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And he had to make a miraculous comeback to come back, and that's another throw of his legacy. Yes, it was a great throw, but if he put up points – Against a shitty Cowboys D at any other point in the fourth quarter, he would have never been in that position in the first place. It's complete asinine bullshit.
0: Well, danger, I, I don't want to get you any more riled up on the topic, but I mean look at look at what Tom Brady. You wouldn't has done. want. You wouldn't want Rodgers. I would Rogers. love both of them. I would love both of them as my team. They're obviously both great. That's why we're having this conversation with like the Like people place. are all
1: freaking out, like wow, Aaron Rodgers come back against the 49ers. Dude, it was against the C.J. Beathard-led 40-fucking-Niners. He couldn't do shit until the fourth quarter. What? It took him a a crazy, miraculous fourth-quarter comeback, that game that he actually should have lost. He had an ill-advised throw by C.J. Beathard to win the game against the 49ers, the 1-7 49ers at the time. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean... Tom Brady wouldn't have ever put himself in that position against the 49ers. They'd be up 28 to 7. They'd be up uh, 55. They'd be up 69 to 0. Giggity. Yep.
0: I mean, dog, look. I mean, in that I think, Bill Belichick led system, he has been a perfect fit, and that team obviously has <laughs> excelled. Nobody can ever say anything bad about Tom Brady or Bill Bill Belichick ever or they're just not fans of football. But look at it. Tom Brady, yes, he's older now, so he's maybe lost a little bit of arm strength, maybe. Honestly, whatever. He's doing a lot of these checkdowns, a lot of these short passes. I mean, you're asking me to relay stats now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, how many passes over 15 yards has Tom Brady completed this year? I'm not, I don't know how many there are, but I'm going to tell you there are quite few. I mean,
1: I, I don't know that off the top of my head. And, exactly, it's but a random yeah, fucking set it's, <laughs> More it's, facetious it's, it, it, if, if you don't need to throw it deep And you're scoring 40 points a game Throwing it short Why the fuck would you throw it deep It's not that he's been accurate on, d- on deep balls this year I am I'm I know he's in the top 10 in deep ball accuracy I don't know exactly where he places In the NFL But if you don't need to throw it deep Why would you throw it deep You have Edelman well, you have Edelman open in the zone nine yards down the field. You have James White, an elusive player who can get you the first down on first and ten. Why wouldn't you dump it off to him and let you get you 14 yards? Why take the risk? And that's just – Did you that's just, just prove what,
0: my point? Like the product of the system, like the Bill Belichick system is genius. It works. They
1: win. It's, it's Dude, Tom Brady's been doing this with three different offensive coordinators, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien. Um, I don't know who the dude in the old Super Bowl days were when we were – six, seven, eight years old, but yeah, I mean, dude, he's, he's proven to do it with a bunch of different people, and he's never had elite weapons besides that one year in 2007.
0: I mean, they also yes. had
1: Randy Moss. That's what I'm talking about. That, okay. that was the first time he had elite athletic elite Wait, what the hell weapons. does he have
0: now with Gronk? Are you telling me he's not elite athletic? Yes, he fucking I, is. Back
1: then, back then, it was another story. Gronk is elite athletically, but he's not on the level of Randy Moss. Randy Moss, 26, I mean, two, 24 touchdown catches in a player, year. But, but yeah. Huge. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's a goat. I, I mean, would when agree. Did, I when agree. did Aaron Rodgers even pass Drew Brees? When did he even pass Peyton Manning? When did he ever even pass Joe Montana? Joe he Montana? He didn't. Aaron Rodgers is barely a top five quarterback in the end of history of the NFL. And I wouldn't even say he's better than – I wouldn't even say he's a better natural thrower than Dan Marino. So, what does he
0: have to do to to get higher up on that list? Win another ring?
1: Win another MVP? Have a better fucking attitude. That's what he needs. He doesn't need any more MVPs. He's not going to win anymore. He's got young bucks like Patrick Mahomes in the league gunning for his goddamn ass. And, yeah, no, he's not going to win any more MVPs, and he's not going to win any more Super Bowls, especially if he stays in Green Bay. That's a well, dysfunctional franchise with a shitty coach. But, well, yeah, I'm not – His I'm attitude
0: not... His attitude has gotten – uh danica patrick so i mean i don't know he i don't know if he plans on changing that
1: anytime his other girlfriend was hotter i forgot what her name is but she's definitely way hotter and now she's a vikings fan so yeah
0: (laughs) and now she's a vikings fan well anyways enough talking about these vets let's talk about some of these new young guns these boys over there in duke last night we saw them ball out, Duke versus Kentucky. How about that first game of the season? Duke versus Kentucky, a top-five matchup. That is amazing. I was so excited to watch it. Too bad I had an issue with my cable. I'll get into that. But, Dinger, did you, have, did you get to see any of the highlights or watch the game last night, Duke yeah, versus
1: Kentucky? Yeah, I, dude, I watched the highlights. It's fucking absurd seeing... Zion Williamson. Oh Zion my. Williamson is 6'8", 285 pounds. He is the size of an NFL tight end. No, no, no. He's the size of an NFL defensive end. No, no, no. He's the size of an NFL offensive tackle. And he's out there out jumping everybody. He has paws the size of Tigers. His arms are long. He's ripped, shredded. And he's 19 years old, just jumping up like a fucking madman, dunking over everybody, running down the court at a million miles an hour fucking sidearm passing the ball without looking to a wide-open player running down, like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying, like, it's just the next LeBron. But, like, dude, dude this dude is – Go that far. At, this – see, I'm not sure if he has the shot makeup, the mental alpha mentality, or the passing ability as LeBron. But as from a purely physical standpoint, I might think – I think he might even be better just, like, from raw athleticism. But we've seen how this has gone before is – with guys like Wiggins, who was obviously wasn't as big, but if people were like, Wiggins, is Wiggins the next thing? Latrice Spreadwell, is Latrice Spreadwell the next big thing? I mean, he has a place in this league in the NBA at some point, but Jesus Christ, is this Duke team the best team ever? And he didn't even score the most points on his team. That was to RJ Barrett. And then yeah. you got other players like Tyson Jones, little brother who's barely seeing the floor, and Cam Reddish. They got three of the top four prospects. In they all have, of college basketball. They, last yeah, they, year. Have, they have, have the sports. star study class. They have it's the one, amazing. two, and four. They have the one, two, and four. And but, then like the number eight, too, who's not even seeing the floor. But listen, Daniel, like I
0: don't know if you were privy on a lot of the hype that was around Zion before he went into the college. Season. Yeah, I saw this his YouTube videos, dude. Been, Holy shit. He's been a YouTube, Instagram, phenom. For years, I've been seeing him on Instagram for years now. I've been following him, watching the dunks. This man is literally a phenom. There is not been hype around a player going into college basketball like this has been in some time since the balls, honestly. And that's only because of like their freaking dad crossing a scene in the media. This is pure <laughs> talent. This is pure talent making waves. And I would love to see him. Uh, come and play alongside. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, LeBron James. Not not necessarily on the same team, even though it's looking like it might even be able to happen with the as poor as the play has been over there in LA this year. But I would love to see Zion line up against LeBron and yeah. watch
1: them go ahead. It's ridiculous college. that oh. they were they weren't ranked at number one and they played in number two Kentucky and beat them by like forty points. They Kentucky, were dogs. Kentucky won by the more points, had given up more points than in the history of John Calipari's coaching career. It, it's absurd at this point. Is the youth going to catch them up to them at some point? Maybe, but I mean, dude, this is looking like one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time ever but, assembled. Um, Better than yeah. the Fab Five of Michigan, man. This team yeah. looks like they and are you, out then, there to take your freaking and then you got lunch money. Jalen Rose on get up say, Zion Williamson wouldn't even crack the starting five for the Fab Five. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. Shut the fuck up. Bro, shut the fuck up, dude. You don't know shit. You're old, decrepit. Hold on to your Fab Five, your fucking Fab Five. We're gonna lose in the fucking big moment because we're young. Like, yeah. I mean, that was not the greatest impression. But yeah, no. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. But, um, yeah.
0: So, um... I I love it, honestly. I I love seeing this new talent coming into college basketball, make college basketball exciting again. I mean, if we really always have to wait until March madness to come around to really get interested and really sink our teeth into it. But now, honestly, when's the next fucking Duke game? Like, come on, give me some more of those uh, ESPN Duke games and I'm all for it. Uh, I think they're going to be a spectacle to watch this year.
1: Yeah. So, um, Speaking of young amateur th- phenoms, got me thinking about some of my f- up favorite up-and-comers, Giggity, in the porn game. Oh. Um, yeah, so we got the new list. So I'm going to give you my top five amateurs. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. dun. Let's hear them. Coming in at number five, we've got No Face Girl. So – No face girl. Given the name of this girl, first of all, this girl could have the biggest fucking schnoz in the world, and I wouldn't know. This girl could have no teeth. I wouldn't know. I've never seen this girl's face. That's why they call her the no face girl. (laughs) (laughs) Could have fucking guessed, right? Yeah, Yeah. but dude, she is, she just has a perfect body, a perfect, perfect ass, and, like, the way she moans just sounds like that's, like, actually how she moans. She's not faking it. And... Yeah, so, she's yeah. She's too she has, young in the game.
0: Wait till she gets a few years under her belt. So yeah, so,
1: so yeah, so, yeah. So, just, she just does, like, a bunch of shit either with her boyfriend or a bunch of different random dudes and just films it, and she calls herself the no-face girl. And, yeah, she's pretty fire. I, I would like to see her face, to, to know, but it leaves something up for the imagination, you know? Like, sometimes I'll be thinking, like, damn, like, like, sometimes I'll look and be like, damn, like, I feel like I know this girl. Like, I might have fucked this girl. And then, and then you're just like, nah, like, unless you change your hair. Like, I don't know. But, like, yeah, it just leaves it up to the imagination. Like, it could be any girl you've ever fucked, just you watching. It could That's be, awesome. It could be anything else. Yeah. Leave,
0: leave the, uh, the viewers with something for them to go search at night. Tonight, you know, like, yeah. uh, what, what can they search to find this no-face girl? Just no-face girl? Like, Literally search
1: no-face girl on most porn websites and her videos will show up. I um, sure. then coming in at number four, we got Danica Mori. So Danica Mori does uh, is another girl who does stuff with her boyfriend. Hence, amateur girls that aren't really professionals. So she's like a really small girl with like big tits for her body. And first of all, she loves anal. So like, if you're, but she also has like a bunch of vaginal shit too. So like, if you're a dude who likes anal, like I was into watching this girl for like a good like like, month or so, where, like, I was watching her, like, at least twice a week, and she was posting videos like crazy, like, new video, new video, new video, new video, and she <laughs> sort of looks like a smaller, hotter version of that girl who has that really Jewishy raspy voice. Fuck, like, I'm I'm sort of like... From the the nanny? No, From the, the TV show? No, I'm talking about another porn star that sounds like uh, the nanny. No, I don't know. Um... You you lost me there. Yeah, I I can I can literally find her right away right now. I mean, oh fuck, she looks like her, but like not like so th- basically like this girl is a um a very a very hot girl, very young, um, very young. Sound
0: very cultured
1: to say the least. What is she, her ethnicity, dude? She might be like Israeli or like something like that. But, I mean, obviously, it's a fake name. I don't think anybody, like, goes on to, like, this shit and is giving away, like, the real name. Like, if I was a porn star, it would be something, like, clever, like, Dinger or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I said no face girl. That's not her real name. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to break it to you guys. Yeah, I can't. I can't give the comparison to who she looks like.
0: That's that's all right. We'll let the viewers make that decision for themselves.
1: Yeah, um, but she's cute. She's young. She's she's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dope. She's dope. All right. Yeah. That, so what's number, what's number coming in at number three is Christy Altus. A A-L- l <laughs> a l t h a u s. So this is actually this girl's real name. Um. So oh. She, she, yeah. So. To my knowledge, this girl only has one video, one video, but it's it's a classic video. Um, I'm sure you probably heard this in other porn things, like other porn talk videos of, of porn stars and stuff like this, but this just has to be included, and along with my next. So just people that just have to be included. But um, yeah, Christy Atheas, she was the former Miss Colorado, so she won the Miss Colorado State Pageant and somehow got caught up in Girls Do Porn, which... Is probably one of the best porn series. It's basically like if you ever see a girl that you know or recognize, it's probably on Girls Do Porn. But yeah, no, she, she's it's nothing crazy, nothing special. She's just like a dynamite cute girl that like is used to be Miss Colorado, and it just it just adds to like the legend of of her. You know, like it's just something that's current and and dope, and like it's it's a fire video. I probably watched it at least six to seven times. So like yeah does
0: she have any like any acting skills like does she put no, on a I show mean, does she tell a story or is it just blam right in straight have fucking? you have
1: you never watched girls do porn
0: no i have it's more of like like they kind of it's like them, it's shit, like right? casting
1: couch like oh it, it's pretty much like casting couch but like yeah okay hot girls right. like like girls they like acts like girls actually get a start from like girls do porn like casting couch is just like a bunch of, like, girls that, like, would not make it in porn that just, like, somehow get, like, thrown in, like, get tricked pretty much. Girls Do Porn like, a legitimate casting couch, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like like that's where that's where our girl Athena Palomino came from. Like, a lot of girls, like, stars have come from Girls Do Porn. Yeah. I would love to
0: see, like, a list of some of today's stars that got their start, like, in the casting couch Athena Palomino or uh, the uh, whatever – uh, it's Girls do porn. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's some star started names in that list, but uh, finish off with, this, la- yeah. with so, this last one. So uh, we have two more. So
1: coming wow. in at number two, number two, we got Kendra Sunderland. So I've heard that. Yeah. So I've I talked about her briefly before, just when I talk about amateurs. She's now a vixen girl, so she is professional, but like you can't leave her out. She's basically the girl that got caught. Like, so she was like a. I've been hearing, like, K-State and on our porno profile says Oregon State. And, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's accused a Kansas State library girl. She used to work at the library. And she she basically got caught masturbating on camera in the library. Nice. Yeah. So that just, like, built to the legend of Kendra Sutherland. She's got huge titties. And... Um, yeah, she's just, like, a fire-looking girl. She's fire. Now she's a professional, so it goes to show you, like, amateurs can't become professionals if they're fire enough. And, yeah, it really yeah. goes to show you put in the work. You, you put recorded. in the work. You get the fake titty. Actually, yeah, she has huge real titties. But, like, yeah, you got the fake titties. You, you put in jobs. the work. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It's like a rags to riches story from library girl to a fucking porn star, you know? Nice. Like, you can't you can't forget about contraception. Sen- Kendra that story you're will go down that, yeah, Kendra that, Sunderland. That's are talking about in history.
0: That's going to go down in history.
1: And then at number one, I got L E O L U L U. Lelalu. It's basically another. Just wait, wait. run that back? L E O L U L U. It's one word. Lalalu. It's another. It, yeah, so I'm pretty sure this isn't the name of this girl. Um, if I were to guess, I would say he, she's Hawaiian but you never actually see her face either. Like, you, you can see, like, her mouth. Like, or, like, I've never seen this girl's eyes. Let me put it that way. I've seen the back of her head. I've seen her mouth, her ears, everything but her actual face. And, like, they do a bunch of shit. So they go to, like, exotic – so it's her and her boyfriend. And they go to exotic places, and they have sex, like, on the beach or, like, in a public park or, like, after the gym. And, like, this girl is, like, a perfect ass, like, like a literally, like, the most perfect body, like, ever – and like, so it was well, the most straight line of all straight line deals. So, nice. um, yes, so, um, and she'll do other shit. Well, like, she'll get like her friend who like doesn't get fucked for her boyfriend, but will like be there getting her pussy eaten out by Lilalu as she's getting fucked, or like just jerking off like on the side of the video. Like, hmm. as so, like, yeah, it adds another element. Like, they try to do new and unique things, they do anal. Which is all, which is always a plus. Like, like sometimes I'll be like, I just want to see a girl get fucking plowed in the ass today. You know, yeah. like I'm having a bad day. Like, I want to see, I want to see Lana Rhodes take two dicks in the butt. Like, you know. Wow.
0: I mean, yes, that's always awesome.
1: It's awesome. not like I'm not but... trying to nut to that video, you know. But like, I want to like, like, it's, like, just like it's just like, it's just like, I'm just like, can this girl actually shove two dicks in her ass? And you're I like, mean, wow, that, like
0: that, that, that's. Honestly, it's just it's amazing. I've never seen anything like it.
1: Um, but I, I like some good old fashioned puss sometimes. I, I prefer push most of the time. It's just sometimes you're just like, dude, I just want to see – like, I had a bad day. Like, I just want to see this girl's anus get destroyed, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a spectacle to see. But um, this list, honestly, you have – I don't know what you're spanking over there, but I'll, I hope it's not getting I hope you're not getting ready for um like after the pod when you go and watch film or something. But so no, um, I watched I watched a lot beforehand, so um true, I I feel you. This is a great list, Stinger. Um I really appreciate your insight. I think the viewers also the listeners, they also really liked um the content that you've been putting out. And I think it was a great, great um Time in the show to definitely go back and revisit that list and add some new names, and we'll see. We'll look back a year from now, Dinger, and these amateurs, and we'll see that they'll be stars. They will, and you know what, Dinger? I think we got to find you a job. We got to find you a job as like a talent scout for some of these um these porn like a side job
1: where I don't need to put it on LinkedIn or anything like that. You know, just be like, I mean, blank depends on how much it pays. Blank, blank. Porn inspector.
0: Talent Scout. I mean just yeah. put that on your
1: resume that you're a talent scout or you're a recruiter. People Bro, do I that should, all the time. Honestly, yeah, I should work for like Bang Bros or like reality kings. But like, yo, I think this girl has the next the ne- the tools to be the next big thing. But yeah, enough porn. Um we should get um, into some final thoughts. Definitely. Final
0: thought for me. I want to give a shout out to my boy Brainy Blocks. Look this guy up on the internet He broke the record for the longest, the world's longest walk on a um, bridge of Lego blocks. Literally, I can't even step on one Lego without screaming in pain. This man walked a half fucking mile on Lego blocks. And literally, this man is just the biggest fucking king I've ever seen. Dinger, you have to look this guy up. You have to look. I I actually
1: watched the entire video. He watched. Was, and he's like, oh, I don't even know how long I lasted. He's getting treated by like a doctor, like afterwards. Yeah. Like he had to get dude, first aid. I know. I know. Amazing. When I was a child, like the two of the most painful things were a razor, a razor scooter to the shin,
0: and stepping on a Lego block. Definitely. Definitely. I mean I know you used to eat Lego blocks, but stepping on them definitely fucking hurts, bro. And this man went over a half Only mile. glue,
1: Jack. Only glue.
0: <laughs> but this guy, Brainy Blocks, look him up on the internet. He's got my final thought for tonight. Dinger, what do you got?
1: Um, I I, I guess the porn thing was sort of my final thought. I- well
0: that was definitely a very interesting and a very riveting final thought. Well all right, Dinger. Let's wrap it up. Everybody, thank you for listening. This was Totally Uncalled For with your boy Jack and Dinger. Thank you for tuning in.
1: Peace out.
0: Keep it locked. You were just listening to another episode of Totally Uncalled For, now on Apple Podcasts. Like, rate, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss out on any content from Dinger and Jack at Totally Uncalled For.